Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, Lesson 61. Sohrab Sepehri, Dar Golistane. Welcome to lesson 61 of the Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation podcast series. My name is Leila, and I'm joined here with our dear friend, Fadi Chafinuri. Hello. <laughs> um, so if you listen to the last podcast, lesson 60, you don't necessarily have to have gone through all those to understand this lesson, but we said that we were going to transition now to poetry. The first 60 lessons focused on language learning, uh, vocabulary, grammar, culture of the Persian language. And uh, as we said in Lesson 60, a big reason that people learn the Persian language is to understand our rich, rich history of poetry, something that Thaid is very familiar with because uh, it comes up in his music a lot. And Yeah, and, and you and I took a, a poetry class in, at UT with Dr. Hillman. That's right. Yeah, we did. Um, that was many years ago. And I, I, I even think this poem was kind of uh, spoken of and, and discussed with Dr. Hillman. And Dargolistone is one of Sohrab Saperi's most distinguished and most iconic poems. And I thought this was a perfect first poem because it has really simple language. You'll hear really simple nouns, really simple phrases that a lot of you will understand if you've been studying Persian for a little bit. But it's such a deep and beautiful poem. Before we get into the actual poem, though, let's talk for a second about Sohrab Sepehri. Um, so this is a contemporary poet. He wrote poems in the last century. So a lot of you are familiar with, you know, Hafiz and Saadi and Rumi, which are famous classic poets. Today <clears throat> we chose to do a contemporary poet. Um, he was very well versed in Sufism, just like those other classical poets were. It's a mystical sect of Islam. But he was also well versed in Western philosophies like transcendentalism and also in Eastern philosophies like Buddhism. So he really was well learned in all these different traditions. And he mm -hmm. inserted that into his poetry, which was all about nature and understanding you know, the oneness of nature. And, and, you know, the visual art, uh, he was a great painter as well. And right. he would only paint, or not only, but mostly he would paint trees. Right. <laughs> once I, once I, I read this letter, he had written to one of his lovers or his friends. Or mm -hmm. Maybe the distinguishment doesn't matter so much there. But <laughs> he had gone to New York and he became so utterly depressed because Sohrab Saperi couldn't handle not seeing the vast meadows and the tall right. mountains for him the the claustrophobia of the city was was problematic and he he had a plight against modernity mm -hmm. and in in some ways he's also coined as the modern day rumi mm -hmm. so for for this episode we're going to read the first two lines of the poem and then we're going to go to what i think is really the meat of the poem which is the last few lines and we're going to have Thaid read that to us in Sohrab Sepehri's poems, he always takes you through this journey. He starts with a very strong image, and then he takes you on a journey mm -hmm. and then lands you into the, the place that he wants you to be at at the end, the feeling that he wants you to have at the end, which in this poem is the fullness and richness of life that can be seen in simple things. But without further ado, we'll have Thayd read the whole poem, and then we're going to 
Oh, sorry, not the whole poem. <laughs> we'll have to read, read the... A couple of lines in the yeah, beginning. A couple to, lines. To get that strong image exactly. of he, where he's placing you somewhere, right? Exactly. So he, right now, Saurabh Saperi is going to take us to a place in Iran, which was probably in Kashan, close to where he used to live and reside, Golistane. Golistane means the the garden of flowers. Right. Or where flowers are bountiful. And dar, dar Golistane means to be in the, the you know, the... Where the flowers exist. Right. But yeah, the point of this episode is not to get into details of the um, language. We'll do it's, that later. It's right the now musicality we're, and the sound and flow. And loose translation, too, so we can understand. So, Thaid, go ahead. Dargolistare. Dashthai che farakh, kuhai che boland. Dargolistare che buye alafi miyama. Three simple lines. We can start with the first one again. Sure. So, So this just means meadows that are so vast and spacious. Farag means spacious and vast. Kuhai chebolan. Kuh being mountains. Kuhai chebolan. Kuhai chebolan means... The mountains that are so tall. So tall. <laughs> so grand, so tall. Dashthai chebolan. The flow of, of the vowels and the sounds, how they're accentuated, where the plateauing of one's silence kind of enters in the play is where the poetry exists. Mm-hmm. It's almost a waltz. Mm-hmm. So this line is an interesting line. Dargolestane, mm-hmm. um, as we've said, within the Garden of Flowers. What wonderful, sweet smells of the grass do I taste? Mm-hmm. Or do I sense? Yep. Now, alaf, here, this has been an interesting word because it, it can mean two, two types of grass. The sweet grass that you go roll on and you sit on and... The sweet grass that now has been legalized in <laughs> many states across the United States. Yep. Uh, so many people actually joke about this because Sorab Sebri actually was a very vocal and uh, candid user of, of, of the grass. Yes, but I have to say, you have to be really careful when you're talking about... I mean, I think we're going to get into this as we're interpreting poetry. A lot of Iranian poetry is about... Things like this type of grass or about alcohol or, you know, wine. And and a lot of times when you're talking to Iranians, they'll say it's all symbolic. That's not what it means. You're but, not But according it. to Dr. Hillman, our, our <laughs> professor from the early 2000s, he, he would say, and this is a non-Iranian who lived in Iran, his interpretation is what they say is exactly what they say. And we think it's on every level. So he can interpret it literally and you know, take these words for what they are, or you can say, okay, they're t- talking about them metaphorically. Exactly. But we like to uh, we like to understand the entire meaning and literal and metaphoric. So if we jump further through the poem, we arrive at where the his main message, where he's trying to tell us, well, okay, I've taken you to the meadows. Yep. I've taken you to the high mountains, and now we're all in Golistone. So let me tell you what all this means. He goes. زندگی خالی نیست مهربانی هست سیب هست 
ایمان هست آری تا شقایق هست زندگی باید کرد در دل من چیزی است مثل یک بیشه نور مثل خواب دم صبح و چنان بیتابم که دلم میخواهد بدوم تا ته دشت بروم تا سر کوه دورها است که مرا میخواند Great. So that was the last part of the poem and now let's just go through it. Um, this next part زندگی خالی نیست. زندگی life. Yeah. خالی empty نیست isn't. Life isn't empty. Which is one of my favorite lines of any poem. It always gives me chills. So, زندگی خالی نیست. Life is not empty. مهربانی هست. سیب هست. ایمان هست. So, these three things. مهربانی. His kindness. Warmth and kindness. Yep. So, there's kindness. سیب هست. There are apples. ایمان هست. So, there's, hope, uh, there's faith. آری. تا شقایق هست زندگی باید کرد So آری is just an affirmative yes and it's all by itself in, a, in one line آری So yes <laughs> تا شقایق هست شقایق is a type of flower called the anemone 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 or the poppy I've, okay. I've always associated with poppy but I'm okay. sure it's also the anemone or that So as <laughs> while there are poppy flowers زندگی باید کرد one must live or is there mm-hmm. another way you can well, translate it well yes it's, it's interesting again we, we now go from marijuana to opium or because <laughs> or, poppy you know that's where opium mm-hmm. has come from so again there's a dual meaning again we're, we're like what is this guy talking about <laughs> but he's saying آری تا شقایق هست until the poppy flowers exist زندگی باید کرد you must live you must live he is pleading you he's he's almost demanding you he's leaving you no choice of of thought you don't you can't waver on this if there is beauty in the world if you exactly. can be in the garden of flowers if you can see the tall mountains if you can see the vastness in front of you life isn't empty this is all warmth this is all kindness this existence and this is where his transcendentalist comes mm-hmm. in it's like sheer existence needs to be experience like every raisin every morsel right and it's the best to me this is the best an antidote to depression it's <laughs> i mean you wake up every morning and you say oh man as long as exist <laughs> life is in existence we're here we we're, must live we must live for simple things like flowers as long as there are flowers we must and, and this, be alive and this is a poet that was battling leukemia and mm-hmm. then lost his life in the 70s mm-hmm. um, beautiful um, and so now let's go to the last part so so just this in my heart there's something there's something in my heart there's something in my heart like a bucket of light. <laughs> like the early morning nap that we take. Mm-hmm. So that sleep that you're kind of asleep and kind of awake. And I am so restless. In, restless. 
and impatient. Be top, impatient, restless. Kedelam mikhahad bedavam to tahedash. So my heart wants to run to the end of the meadow. Bedavam to sareku to go to the highest point of the mountain. So there we are, back to that first imagery that we mm-hmm. had. He he brings it right back, and and just just to go back to this part where he says vachenon bitavam. It's like. And I have these butterflies inside yeah. my stomach. And again, the musicality. When you, when you repeat these to yourself, these are simple images. Mm-hmm. But what makes it poetry is how it feels coming off of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Why is French so beautiful? <laughs> right. Durha avaiz. Can, oh, in the distance there is... Avais. There is there is a voice coming from the right. distance. Ava. Durha avaist ke mara mi That calls to me. Yes. Yeah, so again, we we have this very simple call to living, to being alive. And it has nothing to do with, you know, politics and... and uh, you know, all these things that we think that we want, fame, fortune, wealth, it's just about simple things like flowers. There are these simple things in, in life that make life worth living. What's interesting is Kamkar, when he composed music for this, he composed it in a minor key. Mm. And in the end, in the beginning, it starts in minor. And as uh, so the musicality, even as that composition, which I'm sure you're going to link it toward, yes. to this music, you'll notice how it goes from a minor space to a major space. Mm. And that, that sort of uh, journey from you know, minor music oftentimes evokes more contemplation and sadness. And when you become in, into a major scale, you become more happy and you're more alive. So it's funny. He begins with like, it's almost like a, a sad... Uh, march to death, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. talking about being in, in, the, in the garden of flowers. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, just to end, so so we've read this poem and we've kind of gone through it. And like I said, next couple of lessons I'm going to be going through the words more in detail. But I wanted to end by talking about just the tradition of poetry. For Iranians, poetry is just something that's ingrained in the Persian culture. You cannot understand Persian culture without understanding the poetry. And everyone from, you know, the most educated person to the, like, most rural villager in Iran has these these poems memorized. And so I want to encourage, you know, like we said, we're going to link to the music, listen to the music, Look at this poem. We'll have it written out in phonetic English on the website. Look at this poem and really try to start memorizing these poems. Memorizing, and I, you know, something that just crossed my mind is very instant is 
recite it Recy- oh, poetically sure. yeah. Yeah. you know poetically recite it and give it give it that flow play off of the vowels you know mm-hmm. what's what's beautiful about language you know and farsi is such a beautiful not because i'm i'm partial <laughs> to it because i'm persian but uh, the flow of the language itself the vowels it's giving you the keys and the instruction on what poetry is so just listening to it and reciting it over and over again you know, maybe taking little videos and snippets of yourself and sending it to try and conversation <laughs> yeah. of yourself, like, you know. That's a good idea. Yeah, reciting the poems. Yeah, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, we'll be getting together and making more of these podcasts about different poems. If you have any poems that you're curious about, let us know. Um, we have a list going already, but we always welcome suggestions um, or about the format of the show or anything. Just go on our website, Chai and Conversation with Chai, spelled C-H-A-I. And there you'll find out more about Thayid's music. He has some music written with Sohrab Sepehzi's poems. So we'll link to that as well. That'll be a great resource to listen to as you're starting your journey into Persian poetry. And we'll stop there for now. And thank you, Thayid, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, good luck, guys. Let's let's hear you recite these poems. <laughs> Bye.